Welcome to another edition of your favorite sporting podcast, Hockey Podcast, The Works. It is another episode of Hockey, The Podcast. It's been a busy few weeks on the hockey front, and as a result, we've unfortunately left you for a couple of days, but we are back bigger and better than ever. Ty was exceptionally busy with the SA versus Namibia series. He had uh, massive commentary roles that he had to fulfill, and uh, yeah, we're all over the place, so unfortunately we had to leave you but uh, yeah, as mentioned, we are back. We're actually recording this uh, on the eve of Mother's Day. So we have to be uh, a, a, have a big shout out for those exceptional women out there that have done an exceptional job in raising everyone. Theoretically, it is, without doubt, the world's toughest job. Wouldn't you agree, Ty? Absolutely. I mean, my, I, I think my wife is uh, the biggest hero there around because she's the mother to my two boys and... Uh, yeah, an exceptional one at that. And yeah, happy Mother's Day uh, to all mothers. Um, and I hope it was a great day. And uh, yeah, for, for you, Derek, for, no, I mean, not for you, but uh, for your mom. <laughs> and, uh, you know, for Ashley and Dan, to, to your mom, happy Mother's Day to all, all moms, all listeners who are moms, all listeners who have moms, happy Mother's Day to all and sundry. Yeah, I, I couldn't have said it better myself. Uh, also, I've got to give a, a, a big shout out to my girlfriend, Kath, uh, for being a, a, a tremendous mom. To Ash, uh, really has done an exceptional job. But onto the task at hand. It's not about moms, it is about hockey. And we've got a great guest lined up tonight, eh? Yeah, Derek, the last four episodes have all been indoor hockey as we were really geared up to the Indoor Africa Cup. And of course, with outdoor hockey being so quiet because of the COVID pandemic, um, you know, it, it kind of fell on the back burner a little bit. But we're back outdoor. The SA Hockey Men were back in action for the first time in 428 days, playing a five-match series against Namibia, which you alluded to. I was on commentary. Fortunately, it wasn't by Supersport because I may have been fired for one or two things that I said. But uh, it was a great, uh, a, a great week. Great to be back on the, the turf. Namibia gave South Africa a big scare in the second test uh, before South Africa really did uh, romp home quite comfortably at the end. And uh, joining us tonight, uh, because he is in South Africa, not in Belgium, where which he, he currently would call home, uh, is Dan Bell, who played the last three tests. He had to first get back from Europe. So, uh, Dan, welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks so much. It's good to be on the show. And yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Dan, and obviously um, the thing that's freshest in your mind is the Namibia series. Uh, first and foremost, you guys played in um, black kits in some of the games. It was the guys standing together, making a stance against any gender-based violence. It must be quite lacquer to be part of a team that chooses to use their platform in such a positive way. Of course. Um, I think we as a South African men's team, um, I think we have a a big culture to to make a big impact. And I think, um, yeah, tackling those issues, um, today's issues, it's, it's nice to be a part of. And 
hopefully put an end to it and and yeah set a good example for for fans followers or people that um our influence affects um and hopefully make a better south africa and a better world to live in yeah absolutely so it was, it was a wonderful thing and for all those listening if you do want to go check out it's tksportssa.co.za you can go and buy yourself a replica kit yes that's right you can buy a replica hockey kit um and uh, yeah, uh, proceeds, portion of the proceeds from this shirt, the Simunia black shirt, of course, uh, the second team to do it after the Protea woman will go to a gender-based violence um, a charity that the SA hockey men are busy picking. Uh, my understanding is there's a few that they're looking at and they're trying to pick and it, it will be communicated once that decision is made, but you can rest assured. Having spoken to TK, that is going to happen with a portion of the money, which is is really cool. Uh, obviously, that was the 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 one statement. The other statement made was obviously the hockey and being back on the turf and for yourself back in the national team. I mean, you did play against USA in that last series. Yeah, the guys must just be happy uh, a to be back on the court and b to get those five wins under the belt. Of course, um, it was yeah, firstly great to be playing hockey um, and with the national team guys again. Yeah, like you said earlier, 400 and something days is quite a long time to not be as a national team together and being training. So it was good to just firstly get those connections back back on the field. Um, and also it's an important year for us boarding up to the Olympics. So to start creating some good momentum um, yeah, for in a few months' time, and hopefully, the team that flies off to Tokyo can perform and make everyone proud. Yeah, I mean, you've brought it up, Dan. Obviously, the Olympics, it was a, a big uh, focus uh, for last year, and then obviously, COVID had put paid to it. Uh, you know, how are you feeling personally about your Olympic ambitions? And then, obviously, uh, in terms of the greater SA squad, what is the feeling currently towards Tokyo? Um, obviously, um, we're all pretty excited for, for the games. Um, unfortunately, at the end of the day, there's only a certain amount of players that end up going. Um, but as a squad, we, we are, are acknowledging everyone's role in the, in the preparation. So maybe some players are not going, but it's important that these players are, are pushing the players that are eventually will be selected to go. Um, and we we're doing it as a team and not as as always a, sorry as a, a greater squad than the final sixteen or eighteen that actually travelled to Tokyo. Um, so yeah, so it's big focus on our, the greater squad working together and and yeah, moving forward. Dan, uh, great to have you on the show. Uh, one of the things that has certainly taken the spotlight in, in the build-up to Tokyo 2020 is with the match kit guys getting involved and, and raising funds for, for the hockey side. Um, putting this, the fun side uh, away for a second, I think the other thing that it's really done, and it's exactly that in terms of the spotlight, is that it has brought hockey almost front and centre. And... Is it a good space to be in? Are you enjoying suddenly having a, a, a bit of publicity thrust upon you? And, uh, of course, we know in the past that hockey certainly hasn't been uh, one of the foremost sports in South Africa. But now people are suddenly talking about it. They're getting excited for Tokyo 2021, having missed out a year ago. And uh, I think it 
also owes to the dearth of sport that we've experienced over the last couple of months that any sport they'll take. And hockey certainly is right up there. Yeah, of course, it's always good to get some publicity. Um, you know, I think we are, as a team and as a squad, we are a great bunch of guys and we, we put in a lot of of work to into the national team and make some sacrifices, which maybe some other sports don't need to do with their financial backing. Um, so, yeah, it is, it is nice to be acknowledged for that. Um, of course, the extra publicity adds to the pressure, but as top sportsmen, we, we enjoy pressure. So I think it's, it's welcomed and we want more of it. Did you feel any of that pressure on this recent series against Namibia, uh, given what had transpired with the publicity being thrust upon you? Of course, you want to make a statement, um, especially, I think, a, a variety of factors with pressure. We haven't played in a long time. There's all this um, behind-the-scenes um fundraising um it does add up a little bit um, and you want to perform and you want to to kind of show that this is the what we're saying and what we're wanting to achieve is is valid and to get behind us so in a way yes um but when that first or when the whistle goes i think you're focusing on the match and not about those external factors yeah i i i'm sure that that must have been the case and you, you would have celebrated the victory over Namibia, no doubt, but I can also imagine, and I know they, they aren't the same sports, but you had members of the indoor side playing in the outdoor side, and the, a lot of them had come through from uh, the Tri-Series featuring, well, the AFCON featuring Namibia and, and um, uh, Botswana. And, of course, Namibia put up a very big fight, and, and we know what happened on the indoor arena with the women. And, and the men, I mean, Namibia actually went ahead. So were there, and you said you, you felt pressure ahead of the series, but with the indoor guys coming in saying, listen, you know, these, these indoor players that we played in Namibia, it was by far and away the best Namibian side that we played. And, and we better certainly be up for the challenge because these guys aren't going to be the easy beats that we may have faced in the past. Yeah, of course. Um, there was, of course, Namibia wanted to bounce back from maybe not getting the result that the ladies did in the, the indoor um, qualifiers. Um, so there was a bit of, I wouldn't say, um, you know, guys wanting to prove prove themselves and an outdoor is a chance for the Namibian team to also make a statement. And it's, yeah, it's good to see how Namibian hockey is growing. Um, as a South African team, obviously we, we want to be competitive and be the best in, in Africa, but it's also good to see the teams in Africa improving and, and yes, putting in, in infrastructure and, and yeah, kind of wanting to grow and having those ambitions and dreams to, to get better. So it's, it's good for African hockey. Yeah, Dan, I, obviously uh, you say it's good for, sorry, I don't know if I came through there. Uh, it's good for African hockey. But uh, another thing that is good for African hockey is also getting a few of our local players to play overseas. And, um, you know, you're one of them. You play your, your club hockey over in Belgium. You've uh, played uh, for Gantoy. I don't know how to pronounce it, actually. Uh, so you can please correct that. Enough. Yeah, Gantoise. <laughs> Gantoise. And, of course, uh, their women were named uh, or won the, the Belgian final today. So they are champions. And, of yes. course, you play for Royal Daring. And uh, who was it? it? Was the Dragons that won today? Um, yes, you know, the men won. Yeah, what, what's that like? What what is life in Belgium, specifically from a hockey point of view, like? 
Sure. Um, European hockey, I think it, because, especially in Belgium and I'd say also um, Holland, it, it's quite a, you you have a bigger a following. Um, so it's a lot more supported. Uh, the The atmosphere around hockey is is really great. Um, and yeah, so it's it's enjoyable playing those those competitive games on a Sunday, and you have a, a good crowd. The club really gets behind the team, and yeah, it's it's super tough, um, but a lot of fun because you're playing against not only the Belgium internationals but Argentinian, French, um, all varieties of international players. So you're really playing top level hockey every weekend, and it it really you really grow as a player and you you gain a lot of experience from players you're playing against and your fellow teammates. Yeah. And, and I mean, obviously there's, there's not a lot of South Africans that are playing in Belgium currently. There's a couple in England, Germany and Holland. Uh, you know, well, what do you think the stumbling block is? What's, what's blocking South, more South Africans from joining you there in Belgium? I think the biggest struggle, um, and I think every South African playing overseas would say is is the visa um, unfortunately it's to be able to attain a, a, a visa to be able to play in the in the top leagues in in Europe um, is quite a cost to the clubs um, and yeah given the situation with COVID and the financial climate of of the world at the moment it's clubs are are struggling and not prepared to pay such a, a a big amount to for to get a, a South African players where they can maybe get a a Spanish player or a French player who's taking a European and it's easier to to get them over if that makes sense um it's not that we're not talented enough i think South African players um really do well in the the European leagues um like you have Austin Smith currently dominating in the in the Dutch league you had uh, Reed Ross as well, um, Nick Spooner doing well in Germany. Um, so we are really competitive when we're over there. It's just a matter of getting over there and um, and playing. There's a subject we often speak about on this show, and we always bring it up amongst our guests. Ty and I are devout travellers, and we absolutely love seeing the world. Not together, although no, together, I suppose, although we haven't done enough of it together. But uh, you certainly have been around. Hockey's taken you to places. Uh, where are the, the favourite places that you've been to see, uh, courtesy of uh, the sport that you play your trade in? So um, I've been to some interesting places. I've been to, to India, to New Delhi for my um, Junior World Cup back in 2013. Um, also in 2013, I was part of the uh, World Student Games. Um, so it's a, basically a, a, an Olympics for athletes that are studying. Um, and that was in Russia in Kazan. Um, so that was pretty interesting. I didn't, wouldn't find myself traveling there um, without hockey, um, but it was a nice experience. And then, of course, Europe, You once you're there, it's such a small continent that you travel an hour and you're in a different country and you get to see a different culture, a different language, um, a different way of playing hockey. Um, so definitely in Europe, you see a lot and being based in Europe, you, it's easier to see different things. Um, so yeah, I think Europe is a favorite, a favorite of mine. 
No, no, you can't include a continent. Sorry, that's that does not count. Yeah. Uh, you have to signal <laughs> a single Belgium. Item. Belgium. I've been, I've been, I've been based in Belgium for yeah, my past five seasons of my uh, European career. So, I've really learned to love the the small details and uh, even though it's maybe not the most touristic or well-known place for tourists, um, it really has some amazing places that you can visit and. Yeah, a lot of culture that you get to know when you you're living there for for a while or spending a few months there. So yeah, I'd say Belgium. I haven't had the good fortune to to travel to Belgium yet, and I say yet because it's certainly someplace I I want to go to. I do thoroughly enjoy Europe. And uh, the other day we were running our Wednesday One K Challenge, which we do every Wednesday. It's a, a a trivia that we set out to to viewers. And one of the questions I posed was. Where do French fires originate from? And the answer is Belgium. So Belgium were the official inventors of chips or French fries. And uh, do, do you get them everywhere? Is it a place where French fries are everywhere or even Belgian waffles? Um, yes. Yeah, so it's, it's, they call it fritches um, and they, they love it. They absolutely love it. So you can get it everywhere and they... I think what they have not well with their fritters is is mayonnaise, um, which is not really normal for South Africa. We normally have our tomato sauce, our all gold tomato sauce, but um, in Belgium they really love their mayonnaise with their fritters. Yeah, I, I remember the because, what was it? Pulp Fiction. We always spoke about mayonnaise and, and yes. chips and french fries is other they drown it drown them in it <laughs> and, yeah, that's true. Uh, so so you you enjoy traveling obviously you've been been around but uh, at the moment you're not so you're back in sa you you played the series against namibia and uh what's the plans now for the next couple of months i know we spoke a bit about it off air but are the feet up uh, relaxing a little bit um so the feet cannot be up for too long uh, with pre- preparing for the Olympics and um, national commitments coming up. Um, but in the meantime, it's my brother's wedding in two weeks. So I'm really looking forward to that, um, to celebrating um, his, yeah, his wedding with his um, fiance. And yeah, they had, unfortunately had to delay their wedding a year. So it was meant to happen a year ago, but now due to COVID, it was postponed so yeah in two weeks so looking forward to that seeing the family um and then yeah just playing some club hockey in in joburg um where i'm based at the moment and yeah just seeing friends and family which i haven't seen for for a long time yeah dan you you talk about club hockey <laughs> now you and i crossed paths all the way back at southern gauteng's under 16s uh yes. you were in the A team playing and it's the first time I got to see you play and I was busy coaching in the B team. But since that time, I mean, you've put on lots of different shirts. You've worn Southern Gauteng, Western Province, you've worn uh, Kez, you've worn Marty's, uh, Gantuas, uh, 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 Royal Daring. Um, which, which shirt, and, and apologies to all your clubs that are listening, but uh, I'm going to put you on the spot and say which one other than your national shirts, uh, which one is that extra special memory for you? Was your your favorite time? Um, obviously, Royal really Daring is far and away your favorite because they're paying your contract right now. But uh, <laughs> you know, over your career, which is which is the club that you know you look back at their results still because you want to follow what's happening since you've left. I think it would be 
Gantois Hockey Club um, in Ghent in Belgium. So that was the first club I, I played for in Europe. Um, and, and you never forget your first. Um, and I still have a really good relationship with the club. I, I do a little bit of, of coaching for them um, in the youth. So I'm really connected at the club there. Um, and there's also a fellow South African, uh, Kevin DiMartinez, who's actually coaching the ladies first team who won today. So it's a very special moment for for them and for him and for you know, SA Hockey pr- producing a, a great coach. And and obviously, uh, you know, in South Africa, we look at the European leagues and there's one league that stands up as the league you want to go play. And I mean, obviously... You know, England has good reputation, Germany, Belgium, but everybody wants to get a crack at the Hoefteklasse. Are you the same? Is that something that you aspire towards? Of course, um, definitely. I think that is in the plan. Um, I really would like to make that happen. I think it's it's such a yeah well-respected well league and it would be amazing to be a part of. Um, you, you, you have such a history and a rich history the clubs and the yeah it's very attractive to play in so of course that's definitely a goal of mine um, we'll see what happens in the in the future uh, hopefully it will become a possibility um yeah so time will tell yeah and and i'm gonna put you on the spot are you a province boy or are you a southern boy <laughs> oh that's a difficult question to be honest, sure. I can't choose both, can I? No, no. <laughs> um, for sure, Southerns was uh, very important in, in growing up, um, playing at school. Um, I did fall in love with Western Province when I went down uh, to study at, at Marty's and played for the under-21s and then the men's team when I was down there. Um, but I would say Southerns is always home. Um, and yeah, I'd, I would have to say Southerns, yeah, because it is home and it, it is in my blood. Um, but Western Province is still a, an important memory of mine. Dan, you earned a, a couple of more caps over the past uh, couple of days, and uh, that took your total to 58, if I'm not mistaken. Which ones, I yes, mean, that's correct. 58 times you played for your country, that's, that's a hell of a lot, and uh, you're certain to add a, a whole lot more to that number. But which ones stand out the most for you? This is going to be a toughie. I'm going to ask you to select the three most memorable caps that you earned, the three most memorable matches that you played in. Take it away. Okay. I would say number one. Um, would be my game against uh, Spain uh, when in Cape Town when we won 2-1. Um, yeah, it was for me, I scored in, scored the, the, the equaliser and then assisted the, the, the winner with uh, Lloyd Nose Jones scoring a beautiful backhand. So for me, that was my fondest memory as an up-and-coming player in the national team to be a part of. So that, uh, that's... that's that game was really special to me. And then I'd have to say my first Africa Cup um, final in, in Joburg against Egypt when we were we were losing um, and then we ended up winning the game. I think it was a 4-2. Um, that is definitely in the top three. And then 
maybe number three would be my first game against Austria. I think it's yeah, it's a special moment when you play for your national team and sing the national anthem, and yeah, that can't be left out of the top three. So those three are pretty special, um, and yeah, but there's so many special memories on the field that yeah, you, I could talk all night about and off the field as well with the with the team and. Um, with a special bunch of, of guys we do have in the team. Well, well why so, not? Yeah, why not? Let, let's let's hear <laughs> some of the special moments that, that, that occurred off the pitch but were hockey-related. Anything that, that really stands out to you in that respect? That, that, oh, that's sure. that's um, suitable for air, put it that way. Yeah, no, of course. <laughs> um, I think it's just spending time with, with your teammates. Um, I know the, the USA series last year, we had... Um, in Durban, we had a lot of good memories just connecting because we're obviously all from different provinces, some in, in Europe, some all over the country. And it's, it's just such a nice experience to all come together um, because we are so passionate about playing for the national team um, and to share that passion and that love for South African hockey um, and playing f- for the team. Um, yeah, you. It's it's simple things, but when it's w- as cheesy as it sounds with, with this with the guys, it's it makes it that much more enjoyable and memorable. Um, so for me, it's it's always just the the small things with the, the with the guys, the small little jokes off the field, um, the banter, um, the good vibes. Um, for me, are, are, it's yeah, incredible. I'm always curious to know what the perception is about South African players from uh, particularly Europeans. So you've been based over in Belgium for a couple of years now. And I've asked this question to, to a few people in the past. But how, how do they, they perceive South African hockey players? Because I, I would think it's amazing in that you've, you've got this, this European contingent of players where, as you said, uh, you travel 20, 30 minutes and you could be in another country. So everyone is, is next door to each other and they all play a particular brand of uh, hockey and they're generally all pretty good. And then you go across the world to Africa where hockey isn't big at all and then you go to the sudden tip and you find a small little enclave. Granted, you've got, you can throw in Namibia as well, Zimbabwe and now uh, Botswana. And you've got this enclave where you've got these shining stars coming out of this huge continent where... Football is king, and you go over and, and you make your name for yourself over in Europe. Do you do they are, are they ever amazed at the lengths and the the sacrifices that you have to make to to make it as a hockey player? And we keep on beating the drum again and again and again. In that in South Africa, it's really not professional because you can't earn a living playing hockey. And how do the Europeans take to that when you chat to them? Yeah, I, yeah, that's. It's a good a good point. They they don't understand because it's just not their reference point. So it's it's really when you share your the story of of let's say the South African men they and not being able to train every every week. Like so for instance, the, the Belgian national team, they are training Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and maybe even Thursday together, maybe double sessions every week, and they have been for the last year since since yeah, after the first big lockdown, um, whereas yeah, us as a national team for South Africa, we have we having to take a lot of responsibility on in our own training, um, and yeah, taking responsibility in that. So yeah, they it's tough for them to 
be able to even grasp the concept of also then maybe having to pay for tours or um, financially being not set. Um, so yeah, it's it's difficult. Um, and they, they they do like appreciate and actually do support. I know a lot of um, my friends in in Europe are, are really keen to help support the SA men's team because they they see how hard we work and they want to get behind the behind the team. Yeah, there's no mistaking that South Africans are very hardy people and we we generally get the the opinion of, of a lot of countries that, you know, they, they're hard workers and exactly like you say it, that we come across as something, well, I mean, a boer makaplan and no matter the circumstances, we pretty much manage to, to make it work. And, and and that certainly has been in the case, especially in the hockey world. We know the, the trials and tribulations that you've had to endure over the years. And by I say you, not just you, but obviously all hockey players. And 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 I reckon there must be a, a massive level of respect that comes from the hardiness that you have to endure over the years and the respect coming from the Europeans. Of course. Um I think yeah they they do have a, a a great respect for us. Um if you were to ask them to if they would do the same thing if they were in our shoes in our shoes um they said they wouldn't do it and they would yeah do something else or not take it so seriously so it's it's a big compliment to the South African players that are despite all the challenges push and push um and continue to to strive to play for the national team and yeah, uh, improve and, and make a difference. You talk about improving and making a difference. It's quite clear that uh, the men's ranking has started to improve and, and slowly but surely starting to make a difference under Coach Gareth Ewing. What would you say has been the the key change that he's made since uh, being appointed? Um, the key, um, I think just a, a, a big focus on understanding of where we are at the moment um, and not kind of sugarcoating it, being really direct and honest. This is this, this is our situation. How are we going to react to it? Are we going to feel sorry for ourselves? Or are we going to take ownership and and want to improve? For instance, this um, the, the, the crowdfunding campaign is really driven for us taking responsibility of our own future and, and wanting to improve and wanting to be a competitive team internationally. Um, so, yeah, I would say that would be the, the biggest, the biggest impact he has had in the team, of course, tactically and technically um, a great coach. Um, but yeah, I think the, the biggest impact he has is just, this is where we are. What do we need to do to, to be in the top 10 of, of the world and this is how we're going to do it and what do we need to do that or to achieve that and yeah, finding solutions. Yeah, well, uh, since the new world rankings have been released, South Africa have played 10 test matches, 1-8 and just losing the one to Germany and have gained ranking points in that time. So we are stepping up towards that and uh, looking to improve our rankings. Um, yeah, that one of the things that, you know, if we look at where you are right now, for quite a long time you played with an Adidas hockey stick. You now are seen with a new brand. What brought around uh, the change and 
And if I'm right, is it pronounced black, even though it's spelled black? Um, it's it's pronounced uh, black. Oh, it's, it is black. Okay, there we go. So yeah, what so brought around the change? Um, so I play with um, an Argentinian, uh, an ex-Argentinian player, um, Manu Brunet. He won Olympic gold in the in the Rio Olympics, and he brought this brand, which is an Argentinian brand, into Europe, and he's becoming you know, the distributor in Europe. Um, and I have a good relationship with him and we, he wanted me to be a part of the, um, you know, getting it known in Europe. Um, so yeah, he asked me and I said, of course, and we have, yeah, I trust him. And he said, it's a, a good stick. And I actually really, really enjoy the stick. Um, and recently he's also converted, um, Gonzalo Piliat to play with the stick. So there are some big names with the brand now so hopefully yeah for the for the brand it, it continues to grow yeah and uh one of the big names dan bell yes the man representing black uh you know dan obviously the other thing i know about you and, and you don't get a lot of opportunity to do it for the national team is you've got quite a drag flick on you i mean you've you've released on instagram i've seen you flick yeah how frustrating is it at times when uh you know, you see some of the guys flicking and not scoring when you know that is a skill set that you do have. Um, yeah, of course, uh, you wanting to be scoring and um, and being on the score sheet, but it's also about yeah the team. And I think some situations you you off the field or um, it's a maybe the the. The opposition defense is doing a certain way and a different flicker is more suited for that defense. And you have to back your teammates. Um, of course, I do a lot of work to be the best I can be. So when my opportunity does come, I I, I do the best I can and hope, yeah, hopefully score. Um, but yeah, it's been a big focus of mine yeah, since the lockdown to really improve that skill because it's, it is quite a... A unique skill and if you can really master it um, you can do quite well and really cement your 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 position in in teams um as long uh, with along with your 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 playing outfield lovely so dan we are pretty much done with the the easy part of the interview as we move over to the tough part which is the notorious one question quiz. Okay, so nice easy one to uh, to get off. So I, I don't know if you've, you you must be familiar with the show, and uh, all I want to know from you is nice and simple. Are you a cricket fan? I am. Okay, if you're a cricket fan, then that's nice and easy because uh, I want to know from you. There's a guy who has a similar name to you and he is a really, really good cricketer or was a really good cricketer named Ian Bell. So in his test career, he scored 22 centuries and uh, he's arguably, uh, I don't know if you're a big fan of, of his time, but in my mind, got one of the best cover drives in the game or straight drives actually. Yeah, a superb technical cricketer. Not not as uh, flashy and flary as like an A.B. de Villiers, but technique-wise, sensational. Yeah, agreed. Okay, so in his career, he has scored 22 test centuries, 
in their time. He's played tests against Australia, Bangladesh, India, New Zealand, Pakistan, South Africa, Sri Lanka, and the West Indies. I want to know, nice and easy, how many test centuries did he score against South Africa? I'm going to say four. So you are going with four. Out of the 22 centuries, you reckon he scored four of them against South Africa. So he scored two against the West Indies. He scored two against Sri Lanka. Uh, New Zealand, he didn't do too well against. He only scored one there. Uh, Scored three against Bangladesh. Four against Australia. Four against India. Four against Pakistan. And, Ty, have you done the maths? Oh, he's disappeared. No, he hasn't. hasn't (laughs) Two against South Africa, unfortunately, Dan. Oh. Don't worry, you can't close it. should have the boys a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. <laughs> uh, no, look, it was uh, a pretty tough question, but as we always say, many try and most fail. It was uh, the dreaded one-question <laughs> quiz. Fortunately, you couldn't come out with flying colors this time around, but uh, I can guarantee you that uh, when it comes to matters on the hockey pitch, you certainly will. Yeah, Dan, thanks so much for joining us tonight. Uh, yeah, we look forward to seeing your adventure continue. Um, just to confirm, are you heading back to Royal Daring after um, the off-season? Um, I'm not too sure yet where I'll be heading off yet. I'm still in the contract negotiations and, and, and all that. So hopefully I'll be able to give you an answer soon. Um, but for sure, the aim is to be back in, in Europe um, next next season and um, wherever that may be um, but yeah I'd love to be back at the club um, yeah they yeah, it's, they've been great for the last two years to me so hopefully be back there but if not you you never know um, and maybe a chance in the Hofsklas, um or even the, the German league the Bundesliga yeah some some big changes happening there with with movements happening so lots of opportunity wishing uh, well don't really need to wish you luck we know you'll take your opportunity and we look forward to seeing your continued growth over in Europe um, yeah so good luck good luck uh, for the rest of the Tokyo preparation and uh, Hockey the Podcast is backing you and the Boykies yeah thank you so much I really appreciate it yeah and thanks for all your work and in, in promoting hockey and I think it's it's a great initiative and yeah we really appreciate this exposure and yeah for me to be able to talk um it's yeah it's it's a great opportunity so thank you very much and yeah enjoy your week coming up thanks so much dan uh yeah the pleasure is certainly all ours thank you for for making it uh, a really really easy gig because people do thank us plenty and uh yeah it's really not tough at all we we put you on we give you the platform and you guys are the stars. So, so thank you for giving up your time and your efforts uh, to put together another episode. It's been great uh, having you on the line. And Ty, another fantastic guest. Congrats. Derek, no need to congratulate me. Just uh, come talk to me on a golf course. Done deal. Okay, let's make a plan this week. Ty, thank you as always. Uh, go and enjoy the rest of uh, what is left of Mother's Day. Go and spoil Kath like she deserves i'm gonna do the same to my cat and uh yeah i'll see you out in the course soon before we join up again 
for the next episode of Hockey the Podcast. Cheers.